Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Book of Romans is where you'll find our text, chapter number five. We're going to read the first six verses. Of chapter number five. Let me tell you something. God can help you this morning. Amen. I don't know what your problem is, but I know a problem solved. Yeah. Amen. I don't have to understand your problem to know the answer. Yeah. Right? That 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 is a foreign concept to most in this world today. But I don't need an understanding of your problem to understand what the answer to it is. And I'm glad to report to you today I've had all kinds of problems. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've had all kinds of problems. I've had all kinds of issues. I've had many a thing that I couldn't solve. But there ain't ever been a thing that I took before the king of glory that he couldn't take care of. And right then, (laughs) well, bless his name. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying I'm powerless, but he's powerful. I'm saying that the one I've depended on has able, he is able to keep me against that day. I've put my trust in him and confidence in him and brother, he will not fail me. I've got a God, you see. I ain't serving an idol or a statue or a figment of somebody's imagination. I have got a real, a living, an almighty, an all-powerful, a supreme being that is my God who sent his son to die for my sin and he rescued me one day and he made me his own. Amen. I was bought with a price. I ain't my own anymore. He lifted me up out of that horrible pit out of the miry clay and he set me upon a solid rock and he established my preacher are you saying are you sure that you're going to get to heaven I'm absolutely sure that I'm going to get there because it ain't about me it's about him today see mine can't fail my God can't fail if you've got anybody other than my God he'll fail you It'll fail you. Everything you do in this world, it will fail. It'll disappoint you. But I want you to know that the man who has all the answers is saying, come unto me. I'll give you rest today. Well, glory to God. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Let me remind you, the devil's a liar and God is true. That's about all we need to know. We ought to just mind what God said. It's true, every man's a liar, the devil's a liar. We might as well just trust God and go on with it because grace will lead me home. I need to read the text this morning. Romans chapter number five, verse number one, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom? Also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ 
died for the ungodly. Father, thank you for your word. We pray for the unction of your Holy Spirit. We feel it already now. And I bless you. I praise you. I know, God, it ain't about us, but somehow or another, you've got to make this trumpet speak. You've got to fill this vessel and you've got to empty it. And we give you the power, Father, for it's not with the enticing words of man's wisdom. Oh, but it's in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Oh, the power of God and the salvation. We're trusting you now to do all that you will. And we're praising you for it. But we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. There's some verses in the Bible that ought to stir your soul. There are some things that when you read them in the word of God, if you're not, uh, if you're not cold or indifferent toward God, it ought to start stirring up some of that good thing that abides within you. Listen, being born again is, is not something that I conjured up one day or somebody talked me into. As a matter of fact, there wasn't anybody talking to me the night I got saved. Nobody audibly, nobody was around me. Nobody knew. But suddenly, there was someone began to speak down into my soul. He began to reveal unto me that I was lost. And in a matter of seconds, I'll tell you right now, I knew that I needed to be saved. He spoke, you see, that's the difference, is he spoke. (coughs) There's some verses in the Bible that ought to stir our soul. I'm going to read verse number six again as our text this morning. I want you to look carefully at the word of God. Uh, You say, preacher, when you go to preaching about salvation, it makes me want to shout. Let me tell you something, if you can hold it in, it probably wasn't worth shouting about. But if you've got to let it out, I'm giving you permission. If that's what you're asking for, you glorify God. I'll tell you right now, the more we can lift up Jesus Christ, the more he'll draw. And that's what sinners need today is to know there's a loving Savior who died for them, that he ain't against them, that he's for them, that if they'll believe in him, he can save them. That's the good news of the gospel for him. The apostle Paul wasn't leaning on his own wisdom. He wasn't leaning on his own intellect. He wasn't leaning on what had been taught him in all of the schools of philosophy and Jewish religion. What he was dependent upon was the Holy Ghost of God to send down the good news. And brother, that's what will save you today. It takes the good news of Jesus Christ. Anybody ever heard that one? <laughs> Praise God for the day the good news would come to me. Yeah. Opened up a way that I could be saved. The Bible said, but in due time, verse number six will be our text this morning as we look at this short passage. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I want you to look at that little term this morning, yet without strength. What that means, the essence of what that means is we were powerless. Had no ability had no strength. There's been times in my life that I faced obstacles that when I looked at it, I said, I can't do that. I can't pick that up. I can't roll that. I can't change that. I can't, I can't manipulate that. There have been many a time in my life that I have faced things that I could not, I was powerless to do anything. There have been times that my life was out of control. There have been times that my vehicle was out of control and I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know what to do. I was powerless in that circumstance, but bless God, there's somebody that I have who is powerful. And that's what the apostle Paul was saying. He was saying that when we were powerless, to do anything about our problem. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the best news I ever heard as a sinner. 
when it comes to somebody that's powerless and ain't got no way to fix it, don't understand what to do, ain't got the money to buy it, ain't got the blood to give for it. Brother, when I was powerless, the Lord Jesus Christ died for me. He died for the ungodly. Powerless to do anything for these things. You say, preacher, I get it. Amen. I'm tickled to death to be here. Preacher, I, I just, I'm, I, let me tell you something. It's fixing to get better. I'm going to show you today the things that you've been powerless to do. And it took the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, to do for you. Look at verse number one, what the apostle Paul said. I believe he uses the first five verses of this, brother, to tell us the things that we were powerless to do ourselves, but that the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. What he did for me. <laughs> it ain't no wonder people want to sing about him. Yeah. Amen. And shout and praise him. It ain't no wonder when you think about what I was powerless to do, what he was powerful to do. Brother, he can help you today if you'll believe him. Woo. Oh, look at what he said. Verse number one, the Bible said... Verse number one, he said, therefore being justified by faith. May I say to you this morning, the one thing I could never be before a holy God as an ungodly and a wicked sinner, don't look at me like that, you're one of them too, or you were before you was born again. Let me tell you something, the one thing you could not do was justify yourself in the presence of a holy God. I was powerless to do that. Amen, I was powerless to do it. When you brought me before the judge, I was guilty. And I'll tell you right now, according to the word of God, the condemnation, my sentence had already been placed upon me. The Bible said that when we were without God, brother, we were already condemned unto death. The sentence had already passed. The only thing that could justify me was somebody that was not powerless, but powerful to do what I couldn't do. You say powerless, yeah. I didn't have not one ability to be become justified in the sight of God. You say, preacher, what in the world is justified? Now, you people, you know, I can't preach all this. It's too big for me. But I'm asking you to pray right now that God will send us whatever nugget of truth we need because there's a great deal right here in them first five verses. I believe a man could just preach this until time ended. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ was the only one powerful enough to deliver you from the pits of that torment one day. He justified me. He done something I was powerless to do. Amen. When you're guilty of a sin, when you have committed a crime in this world and you're caught and they have the evidence, all the proof that they need. Let me say something to you today. He didn't need no more evidence on me. Amen. He had every bit of it recorded. He had witnessed everything I said, everything I did, everything I thought. That's who I'm talking about today. And when he brought me before the holy God, there wasn't no question. There wasn't nothing I could do but lower my head. Amen. In my own shame and guilt. For I want you to know I could not justify myself in the sight of God. Let me say something to you, friend. We've got churches all over this world today where somebody will get up in a pulpit, pat them on the back, tell them how to justify their sinfulness and their wickedness living when what they really need to do is to be honest I'm lost without God I'm lost without him I couldn't justify myself I couldn't save myself you see I couldn't justify the things that I'd done you say preacher what does justify mean one man said it like this he said it's just as if I'd never sinned 
You mean you're trying to tell me that to be justified in the sight of God, you've got to be clean, pure, 100% forgiven. That's exactly what I'm saying and not, not an iota less. To stand before a holy God, you will have to also be holy. And the only way you could ever make your whole, yourself holy, amen, was to admit you were powerless to do it and to place yourself into the hands of a God that was able through the blood of his blessed son to make you holy. The Bible said that he took my sin and he washed them away. And the sea of forgetfulness, he cast every spousy thing I ever did and he saved my soul that day he washed me in his blood and according to Isaiah he said come on now let's reason this Let's talk, let's be reasonable. Come on, listen to me now. He said, what I'm telling you is that your sins, though they be as scarlet, they can be made white as wool. Though your sin be as red as crimson, it can be made white as snow. I want you to know today that I stand before you, not because of anything. I've done told you I'm powerless to this. It took God and his only begotten son how to step into my life and to redeem me through his precious blood of my sin. I stand before you today justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. You know when the Father of glory looks down upon me, he don't see my sin. You say, what's he see? He sees the blood of his only begotten that was shed there at Calvary and then offered up unto God himself, amen, which he received and was satisfied to receive as the full payment for every lousy thing, every wicked thing, every ungodly thing that ever I did. God the Father received that as the full payment for my sin. And the moment I trusted in Christ, brother, I became justified. Justified. I was powerless to that. Huh? Anybody, anybody in here ever justified yourself and become clean before God? Uh-uh. No, every one of us got to go squalling for forgiveness, begging for mercies, and realize that what happened to my sin today, that day when I got born again, amen, was that he washed me clean. And brother, he took my sin, cast it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered no more. I don't know about you, but that makes me glad. That makes me happy. Lord Jesus, I don't know. I can't preach all this. Amen. Man, he made a way for the powerless, amen, to become justified in the sight of an almighty God. I want you to know that just one sin in the Garden of Eden, it corrupted man and it cast them, it cost them everything. Brother, they lost their fellowship with God, just one sin. How many you got reckoned? How many you have reckoned? Before he came to you, you were powerless to do anything about your sin. Oh, but God, he said, God, he said, therefore, being justified by faith, I want you to know that what I was powerless to do, brother, he was powerful, amen, and he did. Not only did he justify me, but the apostle Paul said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me now. 
Some of you right now are your own God and you think you can work this out with the man upstairs. You think you got, a, you got something going on with him, amen, that I'm not privy to. Let me tell you something. If you get to heaven, you'll come the same way I did. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the door. He said, no man will get to the Father. He said, except he come by me. Any man that ever tried, amen, he ain't nothing but a thief and a robber. I don't know what you are today, but if you're trying to get to heaven and make peace with God in any other way than through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you ain't nothing but a thief and a robber in the eyes of God and you're powerless to help yourself. Powerless. I was powerless to have peace with God. Amen. You can, you can sit in your room and you can think about it. Ever, ever live long day. You can, eat, you can read every gospel book that's ever been written. You can read and sing every hymn that's ever been wrote of him. And let me tell you something, you'll never know peace in your heart until you have come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ himself. You'll never know what peace is until he places the peace of God into your own heart. Brother, he said, I give unto them my peace, not as the world giveth. He said, but I give them my peace. I want you to know today that I have peace with God because Jesus gave it to me. What I was powerless to do. See, I didn't have strength. I didn't have what it took. I was powerless to have peace with God. Oh, but that day, that day when he came to me and he convicted me of my sin, amen, and I got lost. I got so lost, I began to tremble. And my flesh was trembling. My soul was trembling. There was a fear in me that brought a godly soreness for my condition. And I recognized that I had but one hope. And that was through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. I had but one way, amen, to find what I needed. The only way to have peace in this world, friend, is to come through the one that can give it. I'm powerless to do it. You're powerless to do it. But God is powerful today. And he can give you peace. Oh, he gave me peace that day. What I was powerless to do, he was powerful and did. Look at verse number two. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Oh, listen to me. I've been to places that the door was locked. And you can knock on it. Brother, if they don't want to let you in, you can't get in. You say, preacher, I'll knock that door down. You won't knock this door down. Amen. Jesus said, I am the door. Amen. The only way you're getting into that house, amen, is to let him in your house. The only way that you're going to know him is to recognize that you're powerless to have access under this grace except you go by the man of grace himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to save you. He came to deliver you. And brother, what you're powerless to do this morning, the God that I serve is powerful to do for you. He'll let you in. He'll give you access. Oh, what a day. What a day when he gave me access into this grace wherein I stand. You say, preacher, are you claiming that you have merited nothing? That's exactly what I'm saying. I've deserved nothing. I, I've earned nothing. I have nothing to lay before God 
which might grant me permission to come into the presence of his grace. But I want you to know the day that I bowed my knee to God and said yes to Jesus Christ, asked him into my heart. Brother, he opened up a door for me and I stepped right on through. Amen. He made me one of his own and he gave me access into this grace wherein I stand. I want you to know I can't fall. I've got one holding me that said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you even unto the end. Well, bless his holy name. I was powerless to get in there. Wow. But he is powerful to let me in. I've got access into this grace wherein I stand. You say, preacher, you talk as if you can get right on into this whole grace thing whenever you want. I want you to know I war in that grace. I live covered by it. I like it when it smothers me. I like it when it wakes me up. I like it when it rocks me to sleep. I like it when it says it's all right. I like it when it says I'm not all right. I like it when it makes me, amen, pray. I live in grace. I want you to know, glory to God. I live in grace. I live in grace. I'm powerless to get in there. I'm powerless to go through that door. But bless his name, he opened her up for me. I'm living in grace. You don't think the apostle Paul's beside himself? I don't don't know how he wrote her down. Oh, he said, I've got access into this grace wherein I stand. Thank you, God. Ain't nothing will come my way tomorrow, dog. Amen. Just ain't grace plenty to cover. I'll tell you right now, if I find myself upside down tomorrow, I want you to know there'll be grace snatch me up, set me up, and send me on because I've access into this grace wherein I stand. I serve a God who's powerful to do this. you powerless for that. Huh? See, you can't fool me because I was you. You ain't got no more power than I did. You can't do anything to get into this grace. They're trying. They're trying. Hear me now. This new way. They're trying to get you into grace through the smoke and the lights and the drum beat and all the things that tantalize the flesh. But let me tell you something, you'll sit there dead as a frog. You'll sit there without any hope whatsoever until you come to know who grace really is. I'll tell you right now, grace ain't a thing. Grace is a person. And I had access one day through a faith in Jesus Christ. He opened up the door to grace and I walked in. And brother, I've had access to that grace ever since I got born again. I was powerless to do it myself. But he was powerful and did it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. You say what you told me? Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, by grace, through faith, you were saved. That not of yourselves, but it was a gift to God. 
See, preacher, you're parking on grace. You can't help but park on grace. (laughs) It's what saved you. It's what keeps you. It's what's going to land you on the other shore. Grace. Brother, you can't underestimate the value and the beautifulness of grace. I want you to know I've got access into this grace wherein I... That makes me want to shout again. I'm glad, brother, that I can go and get all the grace that I need. When the Apostle Paul, well, I got to hurry. When the Apostle Paul, amen, he'd got to the end of his robe. I believe mentally he was strained. I believe physically he was in affliction. And he had prayed three times earnestly that God would remove this thorn from his flesh. But amen, finally God spoke to him. He said, Paul, I'm not going to remove this thorn from your flesh. He said, but I'll tell you what I am going to do. He said, I want you to know, he said, that my grace is sufficient for you. I'm telling you right. God have mercy on us all. Grace. It's what saves you every day. It's what keeps you every day. And brother, I've got access to it 24-7. There ain't a second in my life that I can't step right into the middle of grace itself and know the power of it. Grace. Grace. But when I was lost, I was powerless to this grace. Powerless to it. You said, preacher, you talk. Well, I don't know how he was going to preach all this. Take heart, he'll preach it. You say you talk of grace as if you you got to do it. Some, you, you've got to. No. No, you misunderstand. See, grace is unmerited. It don't matter how bad or how good you've been. Grace is not doled out based upon another's condition. Grace is available because of what someone else did for you. And may I say, the greatest sacrifice known to mankind, ever done for mankind, was on a cross that day when he died for the ungodly. Therefore, it's by Grace through faith. It's not by faith. It's through faith. It's by grace that you're saved. You know what that means, Alfred? Powerless. If it's by grace, that means somebody else has got to give it. Powerless to have access into this grace. You say, preacher, I've seen what's been going on. It's 9.30 this morning. You people are crazy. But I see something about this is real. Or at least you're so mad you think it is. But there is a power in this place that has drawn me to stay in my seat and not run. There is something that is keeping me here and suddenly my ears are hearing something they've never heard before. I'd like to know what it is that has a hold to me. Let me inform you today that grace loves you just like it loved me. 
And it was grace that found a little skinny boy at nine year old in 1976, pulled in beside me, didn't bother telling my mother, didn't bother telling my dad, didn't bother telling the preacher, amen, they wasn't going to help. Amen. He came to give me grace. He just showed up himself. And I want you to know that I stand today in grace itself. And brother, he's able to give you that grace. I was powerless to it. But he was powerful and did it. I got grace that day. And the Bible said in verse number two, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I tell you, the one thing that the lost man, there's many things that I've got spiritually that the lost man will never have unless he gets saved. But the one thing I believe they long for is something to rejoice over. Did you you see what he said? Let me read it again to you in verse number two. He said, and rejoice in hope. Now, I think the Apostle Paul was being clear to explain to us where the rejoicing is. The rejoicing is not in the circumstances. The rejoicing is not in the bank account. The rejoicing is not in the security of this world. The rejoicing is not in a good relationship with so-and-so. No, he said the rejoicing that he can give you today is in something far greater than any earthly circumstance or benefit. He gives us something that is greater. He allows you and I to rejoice in hope. rejoice I was powerless to rejoice and yet that day oh that blessed day it ain't no wonder we sing about that day I never shall forget the day (laughs) why because it was that day that he showed me I was powerless to do anything and yet what we find is when we were yet without strength, when we were powerless, that in due time Christ died for the ungodly. We've been rejoicing a bit here this morning. In case you ain't been a part of it, there's been a bunch of us swinging on the long rope. Hey Amen. We've done... Went all the way over Jordan, looking down on the other side and then coming back. That's a good ride, I'm telling you. I like it when the Holy Ghost of God gets in the middle of it and we don't know whether to run or to sit. Amen, to jump or to clap. Oh, it's been a good place to be this morning. But I want you to know my rejoicing Amen. My rejoicing ain't based upon one single event in 2023. No, sir. My hope is anchored in something that is eternal, forevermore, settled in the heavens without an end. Brother, that will go on forever and ever and ever. You say, what is that, preacher? That's my hope that when I leave this world, brother, it ain't death for me. It's sayonara here, waking up there, and I will forever 
ever be with him in a land of glory forevermore. You say, is that your hope? Yes, sir. That's my hope. It's always been my hope, and I rejoice in it. I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Well, we beheld his glory at least in part. He's let us see his hinder parts this morning. Ain't he? Glory to God. They'll have to cover us up when we go out of here because we've been able to rejoice in the glory of God today. Amen. I was powerless to that. Not one second of his glory could I know. That's how powerless I was. And friend, you're powerless to rejoice in hope today without Christ. Oh, but he's able. He's powerful to do it. He can help you this morning. Let's hurry. The Bible said, verse number three, and not only so, not only so, oh, gee, we've been turning flips over them first few, ain't we? Oh, but he said, hang on. It gets a little deeper. You talking about getting in the deep stuff. Mm, here, here's where it's going to blow your mind. He said, not only so, yeah, all that other stuff, yep, justified. Oh, bless his name, access into this grace, rejoicing in hope, yeah. That's all them gold bells we keep her in. He said, but it gets better than that. He said, not only so, he said, but we get to glory in tribulation. I lost half of you right then. Let me tell you the truth. We all powerless to glory in tribulation. If there's anything, you're going to say, amen, preacher. I cannot somehow seem to glory in the hard stuff. Well, you're powerless all along to glory in the hard stuff. But Christ... When we were yet without strength, died for the ungodly. And now, and now, I have the most overwhelming privilege to be able to glory in the hearts. He said, for we know that tribulation worketh patience. Now, I need a little of that. What about you? And patience brings experience. And experience. <laughs> what? Say it louder. Blessed. And what did he say just before? And we rejoice. <laughs> you see what I'm seeing? You see what I'm seeing? That even in the tribulation, it brings me to my knees. And in the hurtful tears of my heart, it brings patience. And then it brings experience. And the experience brings hope. And I'm up rejoicing again. Yeah, Glory to God. I was powerless to that business. Couldn't win that game. 
But oh, the blessed day when they led him to the hill. I can't get over it, can you? I can't get over it when they led him to the hill and he did it for me. I was powerless. I was powerless to this. Oh, not only so, but he said we glory. We glory in tribulation because we know. We know it. The tribulation doesn't mean the end for me. It doesn't mean I'm going down. It doesn't mean I'm out for the count. It doesn't mean I'm going to throw in the towel. Tribulation only means that I'm fixing to get a little more patience. And it means I'm going to get experience from that. And from that, I'm going to get hope. And when I get hope, I'm going to shout some more. Because, brother, he's powerful to do it. I'm powerless. But he's powerful to do it. Look at what he said. Verse number five, and he said, In hope, hope maketh not a shame. I'm going to stop right there because I think that's a benefit. I think that's a benefit. I want to go past that one. I believe being unashamed for Jesus Christ is a direct result of being in Christ. What I was powerless to do. You say, what are you saying? Are you saying that as a lost man, I will be ashamed of the gospel? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You won't love God, you don't love God. Hey, take heart, I didn't either, right? Ain't nobody did. Till he came for you. Sought you and bought you. Made you one of his own. That's when your life turned. That's when your world changed. So I'm powerless. I'm powerless to be unashamed. You, you, you wake up every morning and say, I'm going to tie my boots on tighter today. I'm going to be unashamed for Christ. I'm just, being, I'm just being real with you. You're powerless to that. Say, how come? Because the Bible said that your very flesh, your very flesh is contrary to God. What you live in will despise everything you do for God. Don't tell, I read this morning in the book, of, I believe it was Jeremiah, where he said, the heart is deceitful and wicked in every way. That's you, that's you. I was powerless to live unashamed. Powerless to it. Oh, but with Christ. Oh, but with Christ. We see some dumb fishermen standing on the edge and preaching fire. Oh, but Christ. And we see men and women's lives turned upside down and because of hope. They are unashamed. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Unashamed. Say, preacher, I feel powerless to be unashamed in this wickedness and world that we live in today. I get it. 
But I want you to know right now that he's powerful to do it. You say, where's it coming from? It's coming from him. You know, we're still preaching on grace right here. The hope that maketh not ashamed in me is all about him and what he's told us in this book. Let me hurry. The Bible said in verse number five, and hope maketh not ashamed because. Listen, anytime you hear because in the word, y'all stop just a minute and say, he's fixing to explain something to me that wasn't known just before. He said, because, he said, the reason that hope maketh not ashamed is because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Powerless to that. Could any one of you at your own volition take the love of God and spread it on your own heart? Anybody? No, you were powerless to do such a thing. And yet, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, it makes us unashamed. I was power, <coughs> powerless to all of that because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Last one. It's shed, shed in our hearts by, still got your Bible open? Verse number five. By the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Right, here's where we would just carry on shouting no more. Because I was powerless to make the Holy Spirit do anything for me. You know, according to, the, according to Jesus, the Spirit's like the wind. He said it blows, comes and it goes. And he said, you don't know where it come from or where it went. You know what that means? It means you're powerless to get saved till the Holy Ghost begins to blow on your heart. He begins to open up your conscience. He said, because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts because or by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. What a, what a gift. When I got born again, the Holy Ghost came in, and according to the Word of God, He lives and abides in me. According to Jesus Himself, He said, when He comes, He said, He'll lead you and guide you in all truth and righteousness. The Apostle Paul warned us, don't grieve Him, don't offend Him. You need Him. By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You see, I was powerless to that. And you are too. You're powerless to that. But all this wonderness that I've been sharing this morning, it's all because he was powerful to do it. Mercy. The first five verses of that chapter was Paul declaring to us the wondrous things that we were powerless to do that he did in you, in you. Come and get a song.
I didn't know how else to finish this. So I, I jotted down a few, a few scriptures that I just want to read to you as Gavin plays. I read to you Romans 5, verses 1 through 6. That was our text this morning. But did you glance down to number 8, by the way? He sums up in number 8 all that he was saying in 6 and previous. He said, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet powerless sinners Christ died for us glory to God Christ died for us let me read Romans chapter number 8 verse number 32 Paul said he talking about God almighty he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 1 Peter three eighteen. Peter said, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. <laughs> that he might bring us to God. <laughs> Being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the Spirit. John would write in that little epistle... In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. (laughs) Herein is love. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us. And sent him to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, we could have used a hundred more. <laughs> but let me finish with this one. Don't tune me out here. I know you've heard this one. All your life you've heard it. But I'm going to read the first, verse 16, but I'm going to read the others too, so you hang on there. Don't let it go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen now. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Powerless, powerful. Listen. He that believeth on him. That's all you got to do this morning. 
Here's, an, here's the invitation. He that believeth on him <laughs> is not condemned. <laughs> that simple. <laughs> let, me, let me blow your mind. It happened like that. And all my sin were gone. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's simple today. It's real simple. You are powerless to get to heaven. But I know a man who can help you. He's just as real as you people sitting on this bench. He's alive and according to the word forevermore. I'm talking about he that was and he that is and he that will always be. I'm talking about the first, the last. You're powerless to save yourself this morning. You're powerless to make the changes in your life that you know must be made. But he's not. He is powerful right now to do it. All you've got to do is what I just read. Belief. Would you trust him as yours this morning? Would you call on him? He'll change your world. You'll leave here different. I promise you. You say, preacher, I'm afraid it'll be too different. Oh, it'll be radically different. Preacher, I love that old stuff I do. You won't know more. You won't know more. I can't quit it. When you hate it, you will. You become a new creature. He said, you won't love what you used to love. You'll quit it. You'll throw it away. Because you no longer are that person. You're a new creation in Jesus Christ. You're powerless to do that. But he's powerful to do it. Would you stand with us as we pray and ask you to come? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that moves even now into the hearts of the condemned. To those, Father, that simply need to be moved by your presence, to know your power and to know you're real. We're asking you, Father, for a double portion now. Help them. You're the only one that can help them. Help them. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.